Okay. You've probably seen the image of Baphomet used as a stand-in, whether that's by would-be Satanists or paranoid Christians. Uh, what you might not have learned, however, is how Baphomet has nothing to do with evil or Satanism as it is commonly understood, and actually has a much more profound history. Um, and so now I'm going to kind of get into like the history uh, of the icon a little bit. Um, the modern Baphomet is commonly associated with the imagery of a goat-headed, like, diabolical idol that was originally, uh, allegedly worshipped by the Knights Templar during the 13th and 14th centuries. However, uh, the connection between Baphomet and, like, that primordial goat-headed god really did not emerge until, like, the 1850s. The historical origin of the term is kind of more interesting than like the mythologized version. Uh, it's just a tale of like mistranslation and a courtroom conspiracy and a gradual metamorphosis into the profoundly influential uh, sort of image that you're familiar with today. Uh, the earliest known use of the word Baphomet comes from a letter written by a French crusader in the year 1098. Uh, he describes the crusader's enemies in the Holy Land as calling upon Baphomet prior to battle. And another early chronicle uh, refers, of the crusades, refers to mosques as Baphomarias. And today it's commonly accepted that Baphomet uh, similar to the old French word Mahomet refers to Muhammad, who is the prophet of Islam. Uh, and at the time, European Christian dogma viewed the worship of Muhammad as idolatry. And this doctrinal Islamophobia was harnessed by a medieval European ruler in the form of a witch hunt targeting his political opponents. Uh, so they'd like kind of jumping forward a little bit. On October 13th in 1307, uh, King Philip IV of France ordered the arrest of the Knights Templar in France. Um, over the previous two centuries of crusading, the Knights Templar had become one of the most powerful military orders in Europe. And uh, during a war with the English, King Philip became heavily indebted to the Templars financially. Uh, Philip desired to erase his debt, but he also feared that the Templars could pose a military threat if he did not pay. Instead, he had hundreds of Knights Templar like suddenly arrested and accused of heresy. Being arrested as a heretic was particularly unpleasant in medieval France due to Inquisition-style techniques of torture. The punishment would continue until the prisoner confessed. Uh, King Philip accused the Knights Templar of spitting and urinating on the cross, engaging in homosexuality, uh, and worshipping Baphomet as an idol. Baphomet, presumably a reference to Muhammad, was allegedly incorporated to the Templar practice during their time mingling with the Islamic culture of the Middle East. So basically, uh, King Philip was accusing the Knights Templar of having become uh, Muslims. And, like, uh, incidentally, similar charges were leveled against other political opponents of King Philip IV and are also presumed to have been fabricated. 
After a battery of unimaginable torture, many of the Templars invented confessions to end their suffering. Uh, kind of the way that, like, um, Sheriff Joe Arpaio over there in, uh, fucking Arizona. Like, uh, torture became illegal in the United States because Sheriff Joe was, uh, allowing black men to be tortured until they confessed to shit they didn't do. So, uh, if we did not learn from history, it's bound to repeat itself. Anyway, uh, so some of them admitted to worshipping an idol, though inconsistent accounts varied from the severed head of John the Baptist to a cat statue with three faces. There was, like, just they all admitted to a thing, but none of them admitted to the same thing because none of them were doing anything. And, uh, so it just became this kind of, like, frenzied, like, shit show of different, like, admissions. Uh... But during all of those admissions, uh, there was actually no reference at all to a goat-headed, like, demigod throughout any of it. Uh, so after escaping the Inquisition's torture, most Templars recanted their confessions and were subsequently burned at the stake. Threatening military action, King Philip forced the papacy to disband the Templar order completely. Um, and that kind of leads into some shit that we'll talk about later as far as, like, the Illuminati, what they slash we really are, um, you know, what, what, like, their role in the world is, um, and, like, whether the Templars still exist and kind of, like, all of that, like, coming back into play in modern culture with, like shit like the Da Vinci Code and Assassin's Creed and all that, that's going to be really interesting and exciting. But for right now, uh, we're going to get back into uh, the 500 years following that shit. Uh, scholars and mystics kind of speculated upon the verity of the accusations leveled against the Templars. Uh, a rich mythology arose with tales linking the Templar Order to ancient mystical wisdom and artifacts discovered during their campaign in the Holy Land. Uh, the narrative construct of a group or individual venturing from Europe into the Middle East or North Africa and returning with magical ancient knowledge was a recurring theme in Renaissance occult thought. Uh, that same theme appears in the well-known grimoires as well. Like, uh, like the book of Abramelin and uh, like the Hermetic texts, like Aleister Crowley and shit. In 1818, the term Baphomet re-emerged in an essay published in Vienna speculating upon the nature of the idol worshipped by the Knights Templar. The author, Joseph von Hammerpergstahl, was something like that, man. Uh, claimed that the Templars were indeed idol worshippers, and the Baphomet refers to a hermaphroditic stone figure borrowed from Egypt or the Gnostic Christian Ophites. Um, even at the time, like scholars called out von Hammerperstahl's essay as pseudo-history and anti-Masonic rhetoric. After the release of this essay, uh, many European museums began to catalog Baphomets, 
small carved stone idols, which were either modern forgeries attributed to the Knights Templar or misidentified artifacts from other cultures. Uh, and this kind of brings us into the final transformation of Baphomet, uh, which occurred in 1854. French ceremonial magician uh, Elpheus Levi reimagined Baphomet into a figure named the Sabbatic Goat, representing the universe and the form of binary opposites. The Sabbatic Goat incorporates elements of hermaphroditic stone Baphomets and the symbolic ideals of the Templar Baphomet myth. He mingles these elements with the cult, Kabbalistic, and Catholic imagery. Though Levi began his career in the Catholic seminary, he soon left to pursue romance and magic. He believed that the Sabbatic Goat served as a collective representation for all magical icons that served the spread of Christianity, that survived the spread of Christianity from earlier polytheistic and animistic traditions. Though the goat-headed Baphomet was not worshipped by the Knights Templar, the Sabbatic goat references the Templar plight and the spirit of all forms of social oppression justified by the dominant religious rhetoric of the time. The most unique and iconic element of Levi's Baphomet is the head of a goat upon a humanoid body. The goat head was borrowed by Levi from the Egyptian goat-headed deity I'm going to get this fucking wrong, which is shitty because I'm half Egyptian, but, uh, Ben, Ben Nebjedet, uh, that's probably pretty right, actually. Uh, yeah, Ben that. that's B-A-N-E-B-D-J-E-D-E-T, Ben Nebjedet, sounds right to me. Uh, anyway, Ben Nebjedet. Uh, represented the soul of Osiris. Uh, Levi was also inspired by Pan, uh, another goat-headed god equated with primal worship and the social taboos of the time. The overall impression of the Sabbatic goat is very similar to that of the devil card in the Marseille Tarot, which may have been Levi's template. Uh, the Latin words on the Sabbatic goat's arms uh, coagula and salve mean to join together and take apart, or uh, more like directly into English, dissolve and coagulate. Uh, these reference powers claimed by church leaders to be taken from God by his earthly representatives. In Levi's context, these terms represent the dualistic power of magic that can be realized by any devout initiated practitioner. Uh, speaking of devout and initiated practitioners, segues. When you need a segue, segue. Uh, Elpheus Levi's, Elpheus Levi's Baphomet was also adopted by Aleister Crowley, uh, most famously in his Gnostic Mass. The deep symbolic nature of the Baphomet fit well with Crowley's interpretations of Renaissance and medieval ritual magic. It also incorporated familiar elements of binary cosmology that supported Crowley's hermetic ideology. Crowley described Baphomet as a divine androgen, representative of mystical perfection through a union of opposites. He also equated this union of opposites to that which occurs uh, when a sperm and an egg join to form life. This line of thought, uh, triggered by his reflections upon Baphomet, was profoundly influential in Crowley's theories of sex magic. 
Crowley also connected ideas of suppressed knowledge and secret worship, thus Baphomet with Satan. Uh, he argued that contrary to, to, to traditional Christian thought, Satan represented not the enemy of man, but he who made gods of our race, knowing good and evil. He made know thyself and taught initiation. He is the devil, the book of Thoth, and his emblem is Baphomet, the androgen who is the hieroglyph of arcane perfection. He is therefore life and love, quoth Crowley. Today, uh, the Baphomet in the form of Eliphas Levi's symbolic goat is one of the most recognizable occult images in the world. With strong ties to artistic and popular culture, uh, it directly inspired the iconic devil card from the Rider Waite tarot system. Uh, the sigil of Baphomet depicting the symbolic goat within an inverted pentagram has been adopted as the modern Church of Satan's logo. And that, uh, that Levi uh, drawing Actually, there was recently some controversy with the the show, the new like Sabrina the Teenage Witch series on Netflix. Uh, the the Temple of Satan had uh, constructed a statue that was uh, a pretty close interpretation of Levi's Baphomet, and uh, the Chilling Adventures or whatever of Sabrina. Um, used basically that same statue in their show and like uh the temple of satan or whatever fucking they tried to sue netflix over it or so, i don't know it was some petty shit but uh and so i the point is that like the baphomet has has dug itself that deeply into uh modern thought that like netflix is getting sued over using it um the Baphomet has also made the news recently. Uh, I probably should have said this part first. Um, Baphomet has also made the news recently when members of the Satanic Temple attempted to have an eight-foot-tall Sabbatic goat statue erected beside the monument of the Ten Commandments at the Oklahoma State Capitol. Capitol. That's right, I forgot about that. Um, so, I, I don't know if you remember... The video of the Satanic Temple's, like, um, unveiling of the statue that actually took place in Detroit. And, uh, Andrew Bowser was fucking on the scene, I'm pretty sure. Uh, unless they did, like, a cut-in thing with, uh, with his Onyx the Fortuitous character. Uh, and I'll link to that video in the show notes because it's fucking hilarious. But that is the same statue. They were going to put it by the Ten Commandments. Uh, it's like a free speech thing, a freedom of religion thing in Oklahoma or some shit, but uh, that's the same statue that Sabrina was getting sued over. Anyway, uh, with its long and deeply symbolic history, Baphomet is a powerful icon that garnishes fear and respect to this day. Baphomet has been transformed by time and culture into a rich icon of modern occult heritage. It also serves as a poignant reminder of the dangers and state-sponsored, religiously justified oppression. So, uh, if you want to start learning magic, uh, if, if you, like, you know, Baphomet is the god of magic, or whatever, um, if, if that's something that interests you, uh, learning about 
uh, anything OTO is the hermetic order to uh, just your basic whatever left hand path magic I will uh, drop some links in the show notes to that sort of information um, I'll give you everything you need to get started practicing uh, I'm not gonna say real and effective sorcery but like the realest shit you can find uh, so that's that uh, it, it actually is relevant to me because I like I I ordered a while ago there's a store here in Oakland um, called Ancient Ways uh, on Telegraph Avenue it's a, it's a terrific little like occult metaphysical shop um, if you're ever in the Bay Area fucking drop by it's like right by MacArthur Bart uh, like right at uh, Telegraph and MLK I believe or 40th I was one of those it's right there right there by MacArthur um, definitely worth a stop so anyway I uh, received my, my sabbatic go ahead like my, my Baphomet pendant today and I haven't worn any like outright uh, satanic or luciferian like imagery for a long time in the form of jewelry I wear metal shirts whatever all the time but um you know today like just recently I I started like outwardly displaying intentional like satanic icons and, and it got me thinking about kind of the roots of like what I'm wearing because like much in the same way that people get pissy if someone's wearing a band shirt but they don't you know name three songs or whatever um I feel like I don't want to wear like any kind of uh like spiritual imagery without without really knowing its roots and uh there's there's a lot of other sort of misconceptions in this same vein uh, for instance, I have an inverted cross tattooed on my face. I have several of them all over my body, but, but most relevant, uh, obviously, is the one on my face. And even at the time that I got that tattoo, uh, I understood that the inverted cross is actually a Catholic symbol of, of humility. It's the St. Peter's cross, you know, St. Peter was crucified upside down because he felt that he wasn't worthy of being like crucified in the same manner as Christ thereby lending it uh, like that that sort of uh, uh, humble tone um, but like knowing that I chose to go ahead and get the tattoo anyway even though by no means am I Catholic um, but I, I understand that the inverted cross is associated with Satanism or associated with just a general, like, malignancy toward Christianity, which uh, I hold deeply. Um, not in, like, an edgelord way anymore. Not since high school, you know. I'm not going out of my way. I don't say fucking hail Satan out loud anymore. But, um... But I still feel it deeply, you know. Uh, so I got it because I knew what it represented in the public eye, 
regardless of what its roots were. But on a personal level, it's important to know what the roots of the thing that you're wearing are because, or that you're representing are. Because, like, on your fucking deathbed, you know, like, when you're, when you're at the gates of whatever's next, you have to answer for yourself, you know? Um, so I think it's important to be aware of, of what you are kind of putting into the ether, into the zeitgeist. Um, and so this little podcast series, uh, I'm going to be doing some exploration of, of that shit, you know, the things that, the things that I've always found interesting and I think you guys find interesting, but maybe don't know the full story of. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to get into more fun, cool shit. And uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, it means the goddamn world to me. Uh, I love you all. Uh, be safe. And uh, above all, uh, do as thou wilt. For that is the whole of the law. Oh, uh, have a good night, you guys. One second here. Terrific. Okay. Welcome to the first mini-sode of the Heshcast, um, called these Elijah Explains It All, and, um, basically gonna kind of break down some common misconceptions, uh, in culture relevant to me and my ilk, uh, everything from, uh, occult symbology, which I'm doing a little bit of today, to, uh, music, history, general history, um, theology, everything, um, you know, little, little, like, misconceptions that, uh, that I've had, you know, I've held for maybe a long time, and I know other people have, and we're gonna, uh, I'm going to have done some research and, uh, kind of clear some shit up, uh, and it'll be kind of interesting, I think, so today, uh, I'm gonna cover what is probably one of the most uh, profound, significant, and recurring images in my life, uh, which is a Baphomet, or a Baphomet, depending on who you are. Um, I've actually always said Baphomet, but uh, through my like research in, in finding things out for this episode, uh, I believe that from now on I'm actually going to pronounce it Baphomet, because historically... That seems more accurate. And I'll get into why. So let's go ahead and fucking pop this puppy off. So, uh, like, by Baphomet, by the way, right now, Baphomet, right now, uh, what I'm referring to is gonna be the, the image of like the, the goat headed god. Uh, with the breast of a woman sitting on the rock and the thing, the, the Eliphas Levi uh, drawing, you know, not, not the, just the goat head, the sabbatic goat head. Uh, 
that you see kind of uh, in in relation to like the Church of Satan or, and uh, all of those sorts of things. So, off the top, uh, the image of Baphomet, uh, you've seen on everything from, you know, metal albums to uh, religious, like, propaganda or anti-religious propaganda, as the case might may be. And, like, it generally tends to be a symbol of evil and, you know, fucking edginess. Uh, but the Baphomet is actually, uh, like, an extremely complex symbol. 